0: Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. And today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part 1 of his series, Don't Stop.
1: All right, praise the Lord. This morning, the title of my message is going to be Don't Stop. Don't stop. And it will become apparent what I mean by that specifically as we get further into the message. I'm planning as a minimum a two-part series because there's just so much material I want to cover and I just don't want to gloss over it. It's just too important. So listen, there's no doubt that 2020 was a year that many of us are glad to see in our rear-view mirror. Not that there aren't blessings to count along with the trials of last year. For example, Trish and I saw the conception of our fourth grandchild and the birth of our third grandchild in the year 2020. So make sure you count your blessings as you say goodbye to 2020. Amen. But overall, I think you'd agree, it's been a rough year, it's been a turbulent year, and the temptation has been for many of us just to throw up our hands and say, I quit. Many churches in America are still not meeting because of onerous restrictions, and many are just too afraid to have church. And many have shut down completely, never to open again. It's been shocking to see how quickly governments have taken advantage of a legitimate health crisis, i.e. COVID-19, and used it to facilitate government overreaches, power grabs, and suppression of constitutional and religious liberties. It's a powerful reminder that the spirit of Antichrist is ever ready and poised to consolidate power over the people and to suppress and destroy the churches of America. Don't fool yourself. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants us underground. He wants us uh, destroyed. He wants the voice of the church neutralized. But it is not his time, and he has overplayed his hand. I wish I had time to elaborate, but I believe you're in the spirit on that. Even more shocking to me is how willingly the general public and even many Christians have cowered and complied with blatant attacks on their basic religious freedoms. It's not a stretch to say at all that this virus has been weaponized against our economy against the economies of the world and has been expressly used to restrict the fundamental religious liberties of Christians all over the globe. Perhaps... The troubles of 2020 have served to remind us that we have to fix our vision. We have to fix our gaze on the Lord and walk in kingdom authority, regardless of what is going on around us, regardless of the powerful demonic principalities that are at work trying to control our country, control our lives, and control the church. We've got to stay engaged. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. We need to continue to stand for victory, for righteousness, truth, and justice to prevail in America. With all that in mind, I want to encourage you with two simple exhortations that I think are especially relevant as we enter into the new year of 2021. Number one, don't... Stop praying this way. Number two, don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. And we're going to develop these exhortations which are significant and have particular meaning to me. And when we're done, they should have particular meaning to you as well. Today... We're going to cover number one, don't stop praying this way. And you'll find out exactly what is meant by that phrase and who said it. And it'll mean something to you by the time we're done. Amen. Some of the material you might have heard before, but it's packaged in a way for maximum impact in your life as you enter the new year 2021. I say again, number one, don't. Stop praying this way. I'm going to share a testimony that I believe will give meaning and richness to this phrase. For the past six years or so, I have felt an urgency in my spirit, a calling, if you will, to pray for our nation, to pray for our leaders. So I began to pray in the spirit, in tongues for America At the house, oftentimes late into the night. For a season in the summer of 2014, I found myself more and more drifting into prayers of binding and loosing as I prayed in the Spirit. You know, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Another way of saying it is whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you do not permit on earth will not be permitted in heaven. Amen. It's talking about the authority of Jesus Christ himself that's been given unto us. And so I would pray in this spirit and I would find myself slipping into prayers of binding and loosing. I I found that I would I would Uh, Pray that the plans of the enemy would be uncovered, that darkness would come to light, and that the enemy's plans would be thwarted. I loosed angels to protect our people, our institutions, and our infrastructure. I bound spirits of darkness and prayed that the assignments of the enemy against America would be canceled. A few weeks after praying like this, I had a dream, a very vivid, prophetic dream. In the dream, I snuck into enemy headquarters disguised as an enemy officer. Now, this was a month or so before the anniversary of 9-11-2014. And in the dream, I was specifically sent to this enemy headquarters to spy out the plans of the enemy. It wasn't long after I was snooping around a certain hallway that an enemy officer passed me by and he looked at me in such a way that I knew that I had been discovered. I knew that they were on to me, just the way that he looked at me. And I, in the dream, I began to panic. began immediately to make a hasty exit running down a large flight of stairs, made my way out of back entrance of this huge building, and I started walking down a sidewalk away from this enemy headquarters facility as fast as I could. And I kept looking over my shoulder to make sure I wasn't being pursued by the enemy. You see, I didn't understand the authority that I had. But as I'm walking down this sidewalk, making haste to get away from enemy headquarters, I heard the audible voice of Jesus himself speak to me in the dream. He said, yes, they're on to you. They know you're here, but they can't do anything about it. Don't stop praying this way. two days before the anniversary of 9-11-2014, I was again praying for America. I was praying in the Spirit. And then I suddenly felt led to pray specifically for the personal safety of our U.S. congressmen and senators. It just come up out of my spirit. I had no intention to pray that way. It just come up out of my spirit. And I specifically prayed these words... Which I promise you didn't come from my head, they came from my heart. I prayed that any bombs that were fashioned to bring harm to our US congressmen and senators would detonate prematurely or fail to ignite. I remember praying, Lord, I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. I don't care if they're black or white. They are Americans, and I'm praying for their safety. And when I prayed that, I saw an image in my mind's eye of a very well-dressed black man. Now, I say that about in my mind's eye because sometimes when you say you see something in your mind's eye and your imagination, you can think it not spiritual because it wasn't a vision. But sometimes the Lord can place something in your imagination that is very spiritual. And this was one of those things. I knew in my spirit as I saw this man that he was a democratic congressman. I did not know what state he represented, but I knew in my knower he was a congressman, and I was praying for this man. Not long after that, I ended my prayers and I went to bed. On the morning of 9-11-2014, two days later, the Lord woke me up at about 3 o'clock in the morning where I pulled up one of the news services that I normally check every day. And I was shocked when the very first headline I came across was the story of an FBI investigation of an attempted firebombing of the offices of Congressman Emanuel Cleaver of Missouri, who at the time was the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. That's the man I was praying for two nights before. Someone attempted to throw two firebombs through the windows of his congressional offices. Neither of the bombs, listen to this, neither of the bombs was able to penetrate the windows, and both bombs fell to the concrete below, and the FBI report said, with fuses lit, both bombs failed to ignite. That was the exact phrase that I had prayed just two nights earlier concerning any bombs fashioned against our U.S. congressmen and senators. I was so taken by the reality of what I'd been praying, manifesting so quickly that I didn't quite know what to think. It shook me. I began to shake. I began to tremble. And I begin to say to the Lord. There is that much power in the prayers that I have been praying. Why haven't I been praying more like this? What's wrong with me? I just had this epiphany. Oh my God. There is such power in spirit led prayer. Most of the time. We don't even know the disasters that we pray away. Every once in a while like this, the Lord will open our eyes and let us see exactly what our prayers accomplished in the hidden realm of the Spirit. I remember going into humble mode after I shook for a few minutes and saying something like this, Surely, Lord, I'm not the only one who's been praying for America during this time. There had to be others. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, yes, there were many others praying for America at this time. But this attack was stopped because of your prayers. Very humbling moment in my life. Then I switched tactics and tried to minimize the encounter when I read that the attack occurred at 3 o'clock in the morning. I said to the Lord, it was 3 in the morning. No one would have been hurt even if the place had burnt to the ground. Or so I thought. Now listen, a little background is in order here. This incident occurred right on the heels of the racial tension and the rioting in Ferguson, Missouri. So the Lord spoke to me very clearly, if you think the Ferguson riots were bad, imagine how much violence, how much loss of life and property damage might have occurred if someone had successfully firebombed the offices of the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus whose offices were also in the state of Missouri. Then I was like, oh God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, Lord, thank you for leading me to pray for this man the way that I did. So a month or so after this powerful encounter, I had another dream. This time I snuck into enemy headquarters and made my way up to the main control room. This time I was not dressed as an enemy officer. I was in black with black face, covert snuck up to the third floor, went into the control room, and there was this control room with assignment desks placed in rows all over the room. And each of these assignment desks had nameplates on the desk and the names of individuals, buildings, landmarks, or organizations were written on those nameplates. Listen, I know it and my knower that the congressional offices of Emanuel Cleaver we were on one of those nameplates. At the front of the room, I could see racks and racks of computer servers that I knew controlled everything that was being planned and executed in that enemy headquarters. So I ran to the front of the room and I started ripping these servers out, severing their connections and dashing them to pieces on the floor. And I was having a good old time doing it. And each time I did, I could see nameplates disappearing. And I knew that the assignments of the enemy were being canceled as a result of my actions. People and buildings and organizations that were targeted for destruction were suddenly not targeted for destruction. I knew in my spirit that lives were being saved Buildings, landmarks, memorials were being saved from destruction. Suddenly, I saw two enemy soldiers at the back door of the room. But I was not deterred, paying no attention to them at all. Listen, I learned something from the first time around. I belong here. I don't have to be in fear because there's nothing they can do about my presence. I'm here to stay until my mission is done. And I'm going to wreck this place thoroughly before I leave. So I continued my rampage, destroying everything I could get my hands on. Then I heard one of them say to the other, he thinks he's some kind of super secret agent. And I snickered and I laughed. And again, I heard the audible voice of Jesus speak to me in this dream. He said, yes, they know you're here. But there's nothing they can do about it. Don't stop praying this way. So my exhortation to you is, if you've been praying like this for America, if you've been joining us on Wednesday nights and praying this way, don't stop praying this way. And if you haven't been praying this way, Start praying this way. Even if you can't make it on Wednesday nights, pray in your home. Pray in the Spirit, even if it's just for 15 minutes. And then pray out the strategies that the Holy Spirit stirs in your heart as you do. Listen, use your third heaven authority and pray against the darkness from a position of superiority at the right hand of the Father God. Hear the words of Jesus to me. Hear the words of Jesus to you. Don't stop praying this way. Now, why did he say it that way to me twice in the span of a couple of months? Because he wanted me to know that I had authority to pray that way. I had authority to invade enemy headquarters and plunder the place, and there was nothing they could do about it. Now, I've shared a very powerful testimony, but I feel the need to shore up some of this with some scriptures to back me up. I don't want you just to believe it because I said it, I want you to see it in the Word. We covered a lot of this in our recent series, Identity and Authority. But again, I feel the need to cover it for those who missed that teaching. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read verse 5 and 6. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. In the New King James Version. This is Paul talking to the Ephesian believers, trying to get them to understand what had been bought for them through the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. Verse here in uh, verse 5 here says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. God has raised us up to a position of authority at the right hand of God. And with that in mind, we're not supposed to approach life from a position that moves toward victory. We're supposed to approach life from a position that moves from victory. We need to get a revelation of third heaven authority. And so I need to back up and explain where we get this term third heaven. It is actually biblical. The Jewish rabbis believed and taught in the old covenant. And evidently was valid because it made its way into the New Testament that there were three heavens, okay? So let me show you where it's mentioned in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians, New King James version. He said, "I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows." Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. So there it is in the Scriptures. So let me just recap briefly the teaching of the rabbis, which evidently is valid because it's in the New Testament now. The first heaven is the natural atmosphere above the earth and space, the planets, the stars, and the galaxies. The second heaven is the spiritual realm above the earth where demonic principalities and powers are at work to influence the nations of the earth. Paul says in Ephesians 2.2 that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Some translations say, say he's the prince of the power of the atmosphere. Amen. But the third heaven is the throne of God where God himself dwells. There is no place of authority higher than the throne of God. And it is a mindset shift that has to happen with every believer. Instead of seeing yourself looking unto God through the realm of the demonic spirits who are above us, you know, we got to get through the cloud to get to God. That's a warped perspective. A third heaven perspective is to see yourself seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, far above the realm of demonic forces from a superior position of authority over them. You're looking down on them, you're not looking up at them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. New King James Version, Ephesians 1, verse 19 through 21. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? So Jesus is seated at the right hand. Of the Father. Now, listen to what verse 21 says far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So, we're talking about mind blowing authority that has been granted unto us who are in Christ Jesus. And we best learn to see ourselves from a third heaven perspective. That superior position with Christ Jesus above all principality and power and might and dominion. What does Luke ten nineteen say? Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing left out. We need to begin to walk in that authority in our lives, and in our ministries. Hear the words of Jesus to me one more time. Don't stop praying this way. Especially now when our country needs us to pray like never before. If we're going to see darkness exposed and truth come to light, if we're going to see righteousness, truth, and justice prevail in this can. Tested election. If we're going to see the great awakening spring forth in 2021, we need to heed the words of Jesus to me and the words of Jesus to you. Don't stop praying this way. Amen. Wow. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for today. Next week. We'll pick it up with exhortation number two. Don't stop believing God for the impossible in your life. Amen? Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed part one of Dr. Forrest's series, Don't Stop. If you are blessed by this message and would like to donate to our ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at gofaithlife.com. If you're in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, Visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.